Retail Oasis Retail Wrap-Up Podcast. Before we jump into it, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which this was recorded, the Guy Margul people of the Eora Nation. I acknowledge the Elders past, present and future. In today's episode, we talk to Tanil O'Shaughnessy, the CEO of Adore Beauty, Australia's largest online beauty retailer, that although looks like an overnight success was started nearly 20 years ago by Kate Morris out of her garage with a $12,000 loan from her parents. Now you'd have to be living under a rock not to know that Adore just went public. It's been labelled Australia's biggest female-led IPO with a founder, CEO and majority board being female. In this conversation, Tanil talks to us about their strong focus on their customer, the importance of content in retention, and you'll also hear us speaking about their famous Tim Tam treat in every order, a great retention tool. Finally, if you missed our last episode, we spoke with Gabby, the co-founder of Catch of the Day. That was a great conversation. And in that conversation, we talk about West Farmer's acquisition of Catch, being entrepreneurial, and the launch of his new book, Catch of the Decade, which you can now purchase from Booktopia. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Okay, so our first question for you, and I think it would be hard to believe that there'll be many people listening to this podcast that aren't familiar with the door, <laughs> but if for some reason maybe they're living in the US or overseas and they haven't heard of Adore Beauty, can you just explain a little bit about the company and its creation? Of course. So Adore is one of those genuine Australian startup success stories. So I love the story and love telling it. So Kate Morris and her co-founder, James Hyde, started Adore really as Australia's first beauty e-commerce site back in 1999. So if you think about that time, we there was no such thing as smartphones. There was dial-up internet. It was just a different time in terms of internet. Um, and they started it in a garage in Melbourne. Uh, Kate was a student at the age of 21 at the time and she borrowed $12,000 from her parents to start up with two little known cosmetic companies on board. So that was the foundations and from there Adore Beauty has grown over 20 years to be now more than 230 brands and 11,000 products. Yeah, I think we're both big fans of Adore. (laughs) I shop quite a bit with you so it's nice to be sitting on both sides of I guess this conversation as like retail observers as well as the customer. And I think what, you know, one of the things that I noticed that's so, uh, I guess, incredible about a door is its range. The fact that it's kind of, you can find everything on there. And, um, you know, like, I think you were talking about the fact you stock 13,000 products. Now I'm sure you get customers asking you for new or different products or different categories. How do you go about navigating and receiving feedback from the customer or really working out what they want? Yeah, so if we go back to, so customers are really at the very centre of how we think at Adore. So all of our decision making is around how we can better service customers. And that really comes from our foundations. So Kate was inspired to create a disruptive beauty shopping experience that um, really did something that, that, Whilst this doesn't sound disruptive at the time, it really was, but it empowered our customers and really made her feel confident and fabulous, however she chooses to engage with beauty. 
And so what that means is we really listen to our customers and this has helped shape our offering. So our customers provide very real and unbiased reviews for all of our products. You can see extensive product reviews for all of our products. Uh, and they also provide us feedback directly on our site. And so this feedback helps us build out a brand for portfolio that really resonates with them. And it's also helped us to launch into several new categories too. So we've recently moved into wellness, into fragrance, um, and have experimented with an, an, a few additional categories that our customers have really told us were important to them. Yeah, I love that. And I think the thing I notice about a door that's a little bit different to what's happening in the rest of the industry is it's almost like there's a reward with every purchase as opposed to waiting for a box or waiting to have earned enough points to redeem on a product. It feels like there's this continual feedback loop with like sampling in order to get that next purchase. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and, and we've really done that to try and um, transform the beauty shopping experience with a digital lens. And so um, you mentioned sampling and gifts. That's one of the way we connect with our customers. Um, and we really look at, you know, what are, what are the ways that we can provide information and education so that our customers are able to make informed choices. So it's things like, as, as I mentioned, the, the product information pages and product reviews. It's the samples and gifts you're talking about. Um, and we've also focused very deeply on content to really connect with our customers too. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing that kept that has kept us coming back for more is how quickly you guys deliver. Like I'm almost blown away. I think I order stuff often on the weekend, I get it by Monday or and it's kind of I think there's a lot to be said in that customer experience beyond just getting samples, but actually just the delivery of the product very quickly. Yeah, we pride ourselves in having best-in-class delivery. So at the moment, you can place an order by 4pm and it can be in the express post that same day. The other thing we get a lot of really positive feedback about is uh, the Tim Tam that comes yes. in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, this story I love there was um, our, our marketing team uh, a couple of years back um, it was April Fool's Day, and 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 as a true as an April Fool's joke, they they sent out an email to our customers, um, saying something along the lines of, you know, we've we've heard we've heard you on your feedback that you're looking to be really healthy. So so to support your health kick, we've decided to replace the Tim Tam with a box of organic Australian grown sultanas, and sent that email out, and it just caused a viral storm on social media. <laughs> you know, we had people up in arms saying, you know, save the Tim Tam. So it's a really important part of what we offer. I love that. It's <laughs> so simple as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, my husband definitely likes that part. It's the only part about the shopping experience that he's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's really funny. One of the stories we got back from the investor community was there was two schools of thought coming from men we were speaking to. Some knew about the Tim Tam because they, they got the Tim Tam with every package. And then there were others who didn't even know that our orders came with the Tim Tam because they'd never seen one. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, that's that. So funny. So I know that you guys have over 590,000 active users, but how do you retain them besides the Tim Tam or, you know, how do you acquire new customers? Yeah, it's a, a great question. And we've invested really heavily um, in recent years to build out our content platform. And so with our content platform that we call Beauty IQ, we, we 
publish extensive content. So things like blogs, tutorials, how-tos, um, podcasts. Uh, we've got our own YouTube channel. Um, and with that content, we really aim to create an engaging, um, entertaining and educational experience for our customers that allows them to do a couple of things, both discover new products and brands, but then also to come back and, and return to us because we're always able to, to show them new offerings and, and, you know, the latest product that they didn't know that they needed yet. And are you working with suppliers in order to create that content or are you really leading the charge in that? Yeah, so we, we do collaborate with our, our suppliers around elements of the content, but I think it's fair to say that a really important part of what we do with our podcast and with our content is it has a real editorial focus. And so what that means is we, we very much aim for that to be uh, objective, impartial, informative, uh, as well as entertaining. And so for that reason, that's something that we do in-house because that allows us to really pre present that that look and feel that is quite unbiased um, and authentic and real. Mm, and I, I imagine as well being a customer, and I know you're, you'd be a customer as well, <laughs> but, you know, also looking for that uh, impartial advice when it does come to beauty. So it's not just a single brand. It's actually what's the best of the best or what would work for whatever particular look or skin need that you have. So having that impartiality, I assume, is very important. Absolutely. Our, our customers are very digital savvy and very sophisticated, and they come to us, and part of our value proposition is we provide that authentic, real advice. So, so they'd understand a mile off if something was being presented to them as an advertisement. So we very deliberately keep our content quite objective and impartial so that they can, they can get the information that they're looking for to make that really informed decision. Yeah. yeah. And the way that I was actually introduced to your brand was through Beauty IQ. So I was told about it, you know, haven't you seen the blog on this product? And I was like, what blog? You know, so I went and had a look and I was like, wow, I actually now understand how to A, use it and where to buy it, you know, all in the same place. <laughs> Yeah, mm. so smart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we and we recently um, extended our beauty IQ with the podcast that we've launched. So we're really proud of that podcast. It's currently ranked number one in fa in the fashion and beauty category, and we just passed a million downloads. So, wow. and, and congratulations! Yeah, which I'm really proud about. Um, and I think that if if you get the chance to have a listen to that, you, you'll really get that sense. Um, we aim to make beauty very accessible, very authentic. Um, and I think Joe and Hannah um, in our podcast really capture the essence of what we're trying to do there. I love that. Now, it'd be really silly of us not to mention the hype surrounding the news at the moment around Adore Beauty. I feel like everyone we talked to in retail and particularly last week, you know, was talking about Adore and the IPO and um, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and really um, quite a lot of like pride in the business going public. And so it would be great for, well, if we could ask this, like the motivation behind, um, behind IPO in the business. Yeah, sure. So thank you. We, I mean, we like to say internally that Adore Beauty is like the overnight success, but 20 years in the making. Yeah. So, so there's lots of hype at the moment for business that has been grown very carefully over 20 years. But indeed, we, I mean, we're very, it's a very proud moment for us, but one that's only been possible because of the work done by an incredible team in carefully building this customer focused and values led business over 20 years. So that's the first thing I'd say. Um, we're really excited um, in being a publicly listed business as it provides us with additional flexibility to respond to future growth opportunities and to continue to grow. But I think one of the things I'm most proud of, if I can share with you, is we've had had 
many of our female customers um, contacting us, um, looking to be part of the IPO um, and expressing that this is the first time that they have actually bought shares, but wanting to buy shares in a door because the business really resonated with them. So that was something that I think made me most proud of, the, of the, the IPO in total was that it was another way for us to connect with our customers. Yeah, I think that's interesting as well, given like the sentiment of the moment and I guess more progressive attitudes in business to have a business like a door. I mean, while we have discussions about, you know, the level of female leadership on boards and within businesses and within retail in general to have, I mean, you are, it's almost like the perfect time as well to be the poster child for that kind of uh, movement. Yeah. So we're, we're very proud. So um, the listing, you know, was that the largest of, of its size where we had a female founder and female CEO listing on the stock exchange. So that's a bit of a, um, a, a first, which we're very proud of. Um, I think I'd also say that we've, we also have a majority female board um, as well as majority female leadership team. So very strong representation in the female ranks. What I really hope is that that record we've just set is one that's sits for months, not years. And yeah. the next, this creates the space for the next business to come through, um, showing really strong female leadership and being able to continue to grow. I love that. Yeah. And I think 100%, I think once, you know, one person or one business does that, it does exactly as you say, like it shouldn't be an anomaly. It should start to become the norm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's obviously been a crazy year, not just, you know, this big news, but also, you know, COVID happened and kind of everybody's business is really kind of shook in the beginning and we were unsure of what was going to happen. But have you noticed that there's been like big changes in your customers' shopping habits online or, or you know? Is or it what of, they're buying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's fair to say we've seen several phases of shopping behaviour during the different phases of lockdown. So initially, we saw a spike in buying essentials like the shampoo and the sanitizers. More recently, however, we've seen that the, the movement restrictions have shifted customers a little bit away from makeup as they're not going out and more towards personal care and skin categories. So what we found was our customers were looking for those feel good purchases and looking for small ways to nourish and look after themselves. So we saw a real spike in things like skincare treatments, facial masks and exfoliators. So we were, we were able to respond through introducing more of these self-care and at-home device products. So things like, you know, DIY microdermabrasion, tools and nail care. There was also one really interesting insight that we've talked about a little bit. Um, We saw candle sales, scented candles, um, absolutely go through the roof, so up 100%. Um, And and I think this was something that um, jumped as soon as we saw stage three restrictions go into place and come into effect. So we're also based in Melbourne, and we think that once Victorian females realised they were going to be in lockdown again, and we really wanted to make sure that our houses at least smelt nice and were a bit of an oasis for us. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm guilty of buying a candle during that period <laughs> as well. And Me too. Fact, <laughs> yeah, exactly if, I can't, if I can't travel, I might as well make my home as close to a hotel as I can get. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Kind of on that note with COVID, did, did Adore have to make many changes to the business or anything, you know, to handle everything that happened with COVID or, you know, like, what big changes did you have to make? Because I know we've spoken on the podcast to a few businesses about, you know, the way that they were handling product or, you know, spikes in one product or another, or even just like being able to collect from stores instead of, you know, 
going into the stores? Yeah, so so we're we're a fully um, digital business, but our our head office and our warehouse are both in Melbourne. So we took measures very early on in the year to implement our um, COVID safety plan. And so our two priorities were very much keeping our team safe and keeping our customers happy. So we worked really hard in putting every safeguard we could around our operating environment so we could keep delivering. So we did things like employing full-time cleaners, um, conducting a, a clean at the end of a shift, putting in social distancing and those kinds of things. So we've had to adapt the way that we're working so that we can continue to um, deliver to our customers because it's just so clear that they really needed us right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we've... Um, on the podcast so far, we've spoken to a couple of international beauty brands. You're a first Aussie beauty brands, so that's been really nice. But we've spoken to Credo Beauty in the US and Ulta Beauty, and they've been talking a lot about the shift and rise in clean beauty or cleaner alternative products, and almost saying that in the US this is becoming a bit more of the new normal. Do you are you seeing the same thing happen with the customer, or is it lagging? Like, what are you, are you observing anything in that area? Yeah, so we've seen our customers embracing several trends. So absolutely clean beauty has been an important trend. Some of the other ones I'd call out are also a focus on premium quality ingredients. So they really want to know what they're putting on their faces, as well as a focus on active ingredients. So cosmeceutical-like brands. Um, Most importantly, though, we've seen our customers really focusing on nourishing themselves and moving towards self-care. So things like skincare, masks and serums. Um, And so what we've done, we very much aim to be with our business model, a beauty democracy. So we give our customers the opportunity to engage with the beauty category and engage with all the various trends that we see in any way that's comfortable for them. And so you'll see on our site, we provide lots of information and lots of education on each of these trends. But at the end of the day, empower our customers to choose the products that are right for them and right for them now. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'll jump into this because it's coming up very, very quickly, but um, Black Friday and kind of Cyber Week and then Christmas that's coming up. What are your predictions, if you have any, on what you think will happen or how the customer might maybe shift their shopping habits from last year? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, so I think as everyone else in the market has also seen, we've experienced an acceleration of the transition to online shopping. So we've got no reason to expect that this won't continue into the the Black Friday and Christmas periods. I guess a Doors um, particular approach to the holiday period is really to be mindful of what our customers have experienced and been through during 2020. And so we're really encouraging our customers to find beauty in the small things and to focus on the things that matter for them, as well as a focus on simplicity. And so what does that mean in terms of shopping? It's finding little ways to make people that you care about feel good. And so part of this simplicity that we're encouraging is also the convenience of doing all your shopping online. So I think that's how we're thinking about the, the, the holiday period generally. Yeah, I actually thought it was very clever. I bought something from you yesterday. And, um, and I think on the final screen, when I had my receipt number, what came up after it was something about having a look at gifting ideas. And I was like, oh, that's really clever because I was just buying something for myself and I hadn't my brain isn't even in gear as a customer of really thinking about gifting. I was like, oh, it's a very clever prompt. So you're really thinking about that customer journey, obviously. I think, Yeah, I think so. And I think 2020 has been quite an exceptional year for all of us. And, and we're just ensuring that, that our, our approach is, is really, I guess, respectful of that for, for all of our customers. Yeah. yeah. And I personally feel, again, like you say, because 2020 has been such a crazy 
Yeah, and everyone, I feel like we're getting towards the end and everyone, some, well, I know I've held off in some areas where I would normally all spend a bit of money here or there. You know, I feel like I've been holding on a little bit as a way to then reward my family at Christmas with gifts that I might actually spend a bit more on and have a bit more thought into, you know, mm. I really want to be like, it was a big year, have, you know, like, let's really celebrate. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, focus on experiences and the people that you care about and find little ways to make them feel special. I think that's the right approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this isn't in here, but I would love to ask this and absolutely if you can't answer it, don't, we can just cut this out. But um, would you ever consider opening bricks and mortar or looking at physical retail? Yeah. So I think that we've, we've thought about it a lot in the past and I, I think that really at our DNA and, and the reason that we came into existence was to transform the digital shopping experience and so all of our focus all of our innovation has been how can we create an online shopping experience that is in many ways better than the in-store experience so never never say never but I I think that we would continue to innovate the the distribution digitally Uh, I think that there is some really interesting opportunities when we're able to to open back up to think about the role uh, that that I guess the physical environment can play for some of the experiences we might offer. So quite often we do um, tutorials or, or um, you know, how-to sessions with our, our makeup. Um, and we'd really love to have some of our, you know, most valued customers coming in and experiencing that in person. So I think we will definitely look at physical ways of increasing the experience of our brand. Um, but we're really confident that the digital distribution is something that we've really innovated really highly and, and we'll stick to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so the final question, and we've asked everyone um, that we've interviewed so far that, <laughs> so far on the podcast And this is basically a general question. Like it's from all of your experience, be that in retail or in life in general, what piece of advice has served you really well in your career today? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Look, I had an old boss and mentor who gave me some advice that's really served me well from a career development perspective. And, And what he said to me was to always say yes to the things that scare you the most. So mind you, he was giving me this advice when presenting me with a couple of challenging projects that he was looking to talk me into. (laughs) Um, So shout out to you, Mike, my old boss. (laughs) But taking this advice has really given me the confidence to step outside my comfort zone. And because of this, I've experienced some of the greatest learning opportunities in my career by doing something that initially terrified me a little bit. So I think that advice has really stood me in good stead. Yes, great advice. And actually, I'll ask one final question. I know we um, just kind of on top on the theme of female leadership to any, you know, women out there in female led businesses, do you have any advice for them? Or it could be just general in terms of, you know, going, you know, moving into uh, finding success in their own business, even when they might feel that there are blocks to to that. Yeah, so my, my advice Yes, generally would be that have a think about your business and career about, uh, you know, what are the experiences that you can collect that continue to challenge you and, and have you learn and grow? So when you take a look at my personal, I guess, development and background, it's about, you know, I've really, rather than having a linear view of career, I've thought about it as what is the 
what are the jobs or the roles I can take that give me the experiences that continue to stretch me and keep me learning? And so particularly early on in your career, I'd encourage you to seek out those opportunities where you are learning and stretching yourself and building out a set of experiences that really set you up ready for the next challenge. So always learn, always grow. <laughs> if you enjoyed the chat, we'd love you to rate and review it. Plus, remember to subscribe and you'll be automatically notified when the next episode airs. If you'd like to learn more about Retail Oasis, please head to retailoasis.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. Yes, we're there too. See you next time.